When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome back to EW's Binge Podcast, recapping RuPaul's Drag Race, adapted from our weekly quick drag Twitter spaces airing throughout All Star 7. I'm Joey Nolfi, Entertainment Weekly's Drag Race reporter, and today we have an iconic legend, a fashion OG, and the all-around epitome of an all-star queen joining us for a recap of Episode 8 of RuPaul's Drag Race All Star 7. Indeed, we have Raja with us today to break down Santa's School for Girls, and how she emerged as the headmistress of them all as this week's acting challenge winner. Now we get into some really interesting territory on this episode. Raja talks about remixing actually a lot of her looks for All Star 7 at this point. I think she's done three or four, but she did an amazing job on this runway remixing one of her most iconic looks from season three. She also talks about if she is done with Drag Race for good, forever, who knows? You have to hear it straight from Raja's mouth in this really entertaining conversation we had. Enjoy the episode. Raja, are you there? I, I think I'm here. Can you guys hear me? You're here. I can hear you. How oh are you? Oh my God. Thank God. Oh my God. I did a thing. I did a thing. I'm you so proud did of a Twitter right thing. Yes. Girl, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I really don't. <laughs> Auntie Raja using technology. I love to see it. Stop. I know. I know. It's so embarrassing. Whatever. No, this That's is great. Fun. It is never embarrassing to speak with you. You always have such great things to say. I am so glad that you joined me. I can't thank you enough for being here. You've had such a busy season on All-Star 7. So I have to know, like, are the membership numbers for the Cult of Raja just, like, skyrocketing throughout the season? <laughs> I I would believe so. You know, I should be a little bit more proactive on, on the recruitment of the Cult, but... Um, <laughs> But no, I, I haven't been I haven't been too too uh, productive on that. I've just been like I've been you know honestly, Joey, I've just been really enjoying the whole time of this yeah. and just watching it all. You know, we did this last year, so to watch it back and and to see it all and to to just experience the the, the fandom and how lovely everyone has been to me has been really the best best most wonderful thing about this entire process. So. Yeah, no, we all love to see it. Love to see you getting all this love. And, you know, just spoken like a true queen. You just let the followers come to you. You don't necessarily go and seek them out. Just let them all pool around you. Yes. That's right. Right. That's right. You did win some new Raja cult members after this challenge. I am sure you did. You had such an amazing performance. But I do want to go back to the beginning of episode eight first because strategery and alliance talk is now becoming more apparent. And you said, Mm -hmm in our interview a few weeks ago that you didn't know about the Monet and Trinity Alliance at first. So when Monet and Jinx had to audition for a role in Santa's School for Girls, and after the audition, we immediately see you saying that you felt like Jinx won the role, but then Trinity gave it to Monet. What was 
the general reaction or the atmosphere in the room after that? Like, did anyone say anything to Trinity about it being like very obvious alliancery? I honestly, I'm a person who's really completely unaware of some of things that are going on sometimes around me. Like I said, I had no idea that the alliance was happening. I was, I was really just wanting the role of Scrooge. Yeah. Um, and actually, Jinx and I did have a conversation about it. Not, not an altercation, but there, there was a little bit of like a, you know, if she wasn't going to be the art school teacher or the art class teacher, she was going to be. Scrooge. But I just knew in my brain that that was a character that I really, really, truly wanted. And thanks to the brilliance of the editing of RuPaul's Drag Race, <laughs> that, that part wasn't even shown. So, you know, acting and acting challenges has, uh, you know, it's still a little bit like challenging and scary for me. So my brain was like, okay, now I have the character. How do I do this best? And I was almost really unaware of the fact that there was this audition happening. Like that's where my brain mm-hmm. goes. I completely go to another place and all that was happening. And um, I don't remember it being as serious as it looked on TV. Mm-hmm. So I think we all just kind of came to the conclusion together that we were going to have the characters as they were. Um, I do remember Jinx being quite upset that she didn't get those two characters, but you know, Jinx is Jinx. She's a genius. She's brilliant. And she, you know, stepped it mm-hmm. up and she did what she had to do. Yeah, I mean, Jinx, I feel like if you give Jinx any role, she's going to do great with it. But did you, like, right. watching it back, maybe, did you? Did it sort of surprise you, I guess, that Trinity was so quickly just like, well, yeah, no, it's going to go to Monet. Because I think as much as we all love Monet watching the audition, I think it might have been clear that maybe Jinx did a little better in the audition. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it to me it was yeah. fine. Whatever th- there was, th- th- the entire time we were there, I always knew that Trinity and Monet always had this very, very special connection because their win was so unique in the whole entire franchise. No one had ever seen a tie like that, you know. So I knew that what they had was special, you know, and so uh, and it was excusable because mm-hmm. of that. So whatever decisions that they made together, I was fine yeah. with. I never thought anybody was shady. I never thought anything. I, I was just trying to make sure that I look good at all times and that I did a good job. Yeah. I don't care what the fuck anybody else was talking about. I was just really all about me. So whatever they decided and whatever they they, they had to do for each other, I understood it. And I was always there to support that because, again, it was a very unique situation that they had and I understood their yeah. bond. No, yeah, I think that that's becoming clear throughout the season, too. And I also don't think that anything is coming off this season as necessarily like cutthroat strategy. I think it's all coming off as more mm-hmm. like fun and lighthearted. But it, it's a yeah. game. It's a game. And we, we were having fun playing the game for sure. And that does it brings me back to what we were discussing prior to this sort of smokers alliance that Monet was talking about and that, you know, you said it sort of turned into like <laughs> a bit of a joke on set um, but I'm wondering like if from those conversations if that had like at this point gained a little bit more traction by the time of this acting challenge rolling around like had Vivian or you or anyone else involved in the Smokers Alliance actually made strategic plays in your little smoke breaks <laughs> I'm sure Vivian and Evie would probably say there was but I, man I don't even know how to describe this to you I was really on on, a, on tunnel vision yeah. on what I had to accomplish um, and most of the times when we were together and just separated from everybody it was just you know most times we were just in silence just taking a break because you know what viewers don't realize is how many hours it takes and how exhausting it is 
we're in Santa Clarita or somewhere in the middle of, you know, we're across, you know, we're like by Magic Mountain, by Six Flags. <laughs> yeah. So it was like 105 degrees outside. So I just, I wasn't really like, to me, I was just like, I need to make sure that I get the stars. I don't know about anybody else. I wasn't doing any sort of strategy with anybody else. I, you know, I was just doing. Mm-hmm. So Evie and Viv are the ones that we need to go to about this. Evie and Viv, I'm coming for you. If you're listening, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe Evie, Viv. And then sometimes Jada, Jada would always, Jada would never buy her own cigarettes. You just steal one of ours. <laughs> um, you know, so, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't remember it being that way. I don't remember it being so strategic. The only times I really felt like I was ever, uh, you know, talking about the game was when we were on camera sitting together, talking, Talking about it, and that's when I really came to the realization that there was there was a game happening, yeah. and I needed to kind of step it up. And so, at this point, with four episodes left, I was just kind of like, "Okay, what can you do, Raja, mm-hmm. to get yourself to the place that you need to be?" Well, you did on that note. You did align with a really great role in this challenge, and I also really loved um, Janixa's direction. Like as an actual film director, she seemed to be hitting right. differently for everyone than you know some of the other directors. And that's no shade to other directors who sat in that see but it just it seemed to be running like like she actually seemed to be approaching it like it was actual art house cinema so she totally was and i was you know and i my brain went to like john waters and to you know uh, to camp you Mm -hmm. know and and she was so so helpful and and really took it seriously which made us want to do better because we didn't want to you know spend the hours just messing around and and being silly and she really gave us some really great direction and actually notes that I will take from with me for the rest of my life as I try to you know explore this acting thing which is mm-hmm. which has been something that I apparently excelled at so um she was great she was wonderful she was wordy she was you know, uh, esoteric. She was ethereal. And I really, really appreciated her advice. She was fantastic. Yeah, she did. It really seemed like she was connecting with the material and um, Mm -hmm. she was vibing with everybody and she seemed really Mm -hmm. impressed with everyone. So do you have any sort of memorable moments or things that, like you said, that are going to stick with you for a long time? Do you remember any sort of interactions like that that you had with her? Um, I, I would say just the overall experience was really great. I don't think I've ever I've ever been in um, you know in a situation or in the presence of someone who really took their their work so seriously. I, I think just overall everything that she any advice that she had to us, I, I'll always take with me. Yeah. And that was, you know, to really just kind of be present in it, understanding the character, um, being playful, um, you know, and finding nuance in all the words, you know. And so that taught me a lot. Yeah. No, yeah. Shout out to Janixa. I mean, what a great uh, entry into the Drag Race canon, um, her direction skills. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, and then we got to the runway and this gold space knit look. I mean, my jaw still isn't off the floor. It was so incredible. And we know that you love a (laughs) reference and many have likened this to your Futurama Glamorama look from season three. So was that the intention? And if so, why was that look the one that you wanted to revisit for this runway? 
that was the intention. And there were several moments that I wanted to repeat just as a reminder of what happened 11 years ago. And as a reference to like, oh, if you didn't know already, you can always look back at it and say, oh, Raja did this sort of theme once upon a time before, but this is an elevated version of it, which, you know, is, is how I believe that life should be lived. You know, you can take, you know, concepts from from your past and do a better version of it or do something that's a little bit more elevated so it was very conscious i did the same thing with the louis the 14th yeah. and the marie antoinette of season three you know because of my love of french monarchy and you know and all of that but um i did want to make some revisits just as a reminder mm-hmm. i slayed it once before and i'm going to slay it again but i i also love thinking about using clothing and fashion and texture and you know crocheting and knitting and weaving is such an ancient ancient art yeah. form and i didn't want to do anything that was expected i didn't want to do anything that was actual yarn um so my drag daughter who happens to be an expert knitter her and i came in with the concept of uh using various gold ropes and mm. threads and then um using very large i don't know if you know anything about knitting mm, when i lived no. in new york knit, knitting was one of my favorite things to do on the subway so i i actually do know how to knit mm-hmm. myself but because of the time constraints i didn't have time to knit it uh, and my drag daughter was excellent at it so we combined three to four different threads and rope. Oh, wow. And then just use very large needles to kind of make this loose, almost chain mail effect. You know, also chain mail as being something from the past and then mushing it all together, juxtaposing it all together into something that was futuristic. And maybe that's the Gemini in me <laughs> that like the contrast, past and the future. And all of it just kind of made sense to me, and it all started to fit together, and it and it and clearly it, it worked, and uh, it was definitely one of my favorite things to wear. Um, I took a lot of um, inspiration from Delight, uh, mm-hmm. which was you know a lady Miss Keir, who was uh, you know a huge icon in the '90s that really mm-hmm. uh, you know that really influenced me, and I wanted that sort of feel to it. So yeah, I was pretty happy with it. And I remember wearing it and being very, very, I felt really confident in it. I felt good in it. I felt like it was a very realized concept. So, you know, it, it clearly worked. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think all of your concepts do feel really lived in and you do have, a, you've always had a confidence about you on the runway that people can pick up on. But I think you can tell when there's like an extra pep in Raja's step when it's like Raja knows she looks <laughs> damn good. And this was one of them. And I do love that you are doing all of this revisiting. Like, I mean, the eye look, the entrance look, um, the Marie Antoinette um, elevation that you did and now this. So I'm wondering if you, have you actually reused any actual pieces or materials from season three in those looks um, for any of these remixes? Gosh, oh my gosh, I have to think back now. Um, No, no, there were definitely things that I used and, you know, you'll, you'll probably see um, maybe in the next few episodes that that I'm a recycler. Mm -hmm. I, I really believe that in, you know, in, in sustainability. So there are, there are things that I keep forever and ever because the pieces of the, of a certain costume can be used again later on something else on this particular one. I didn't, um, I had help from my friend Abraham Levy, who's, uh, you know, pretty well known. He's done a lot of stuff for, for drag race girls. And I knew that he would be able to take, 
the C3PO robot gold thing and just do a better job than I did 11 years ago. <laughs> so I had his help to help me. And so a lot of a lot of that costume was the base of it, the legs, the corset, the neck piece, the head piece. Uh, you know, those were all done by him. Mm-hmm. But there was definitely a collaborative effort in it. And, and no pieces in that particular costume came from anything else from the past. But looking forward, we might see some stuff coming from a blast from Raja's past, like season three remixed into new outfits. Maybe not necessarily from season three, but things that I've worn before, for sure. Okay. Yeah. And, and there have been things in other outfits that I've worn in this season that have come from you know, costumes that I've had over um, maybe even over 11 years. So oh, wow. I just, I'm a, a saver, a hoarder. I just, I can't, I can't throw anything away because I can always use it for something else later. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love to see it. We all love to see it. And um, no, it also wasn't, you know, hard to see who stood where in this lip sync. I mean, you and Viv put on a really exciting and chaotic show. I mean, there were water bottles, there was <laughs> armpit licking. I mean, did you know that Viv was going to lick your armpit or did she just do that out of nowhere? Uh, she did that out of nowhere. <laughs> but you know, what? I wasn't surprised because Viv and I were definitely... You know, we're we're kindred spirits. She's an old soul. You know, she has uh, has she's had life experience that I was able to relate to. And yeah, her licking my armpit made a lot of sense. I was like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Fucking oh yeah, oh shit, my arms up and you're licking it. Go for it. <laughs> Did you, you enjoy know? it? I enjoyed lip syncing with her because we had so much fun together. And I was confident in that lip sync because that song came out in 1983. And if you don't know Rick James, um, if you know, if you don't know any of his anthology of music and uh, you lived in 1983, then shame on me. So <laughs> it was like, you know, I, I knew the song. I loved it. It, you know. It, uh, it was familiar to me and it was one that I was able to just have fun with. And I just envisioned myself being at, uh, you know, a local bar doing this in front of a group of people, you know, collecting tips. That's, that's mm-hmm. just where my brain, I just kind of loosened up, had fun and won. Yeah, you absolutely did. This was, um, you know, a huge improvement on from the Lizzo listing. I'm so oh, glad we got God. to see this one. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You know, whatever. I have two legendary legend yes, stars do. at this point. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel pretty even, mm-hmm. you know. No, this was a great one. No, this really was great. So well-deserved on the victory. And then, of course, we <laughs> come to the moment you blocked Miss Jada. So why did she get the plunger this week? Because she had more stars than everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. That's really all it is. You know, I have no strategy and shade. I have no ill intent ever. Uh, she just had more and you got to stop the bitch who has more, mm-hmm. you know, we, we got to even it out. We got to slow her down so that everyone else can catch up and it can become an even game, you know? And that was my only reason. I love Jada with all my heart yeah. and none of that was intended to be shade or strategy. It was really simple. She had three, mm-hmm. none of us did. So <laughs> yeah, no, it makes complete sense. And it was though an out of body experience for me when she was in the workroom trying to be like, guys, don't block me because you know, I'm already in the top. So block someone who's catching up to me. I mean, was she really trying to sell that idea? And did you buy that? <laughs> she was, she definitely was. And I wasn't, I wasn't buying it in my, in my brain. I knew that I was like, you know, if, if I had the opportunity to block a person who had more than me, 
then yes, I was going to do that. But yes, she was very much campaigning for it. Um, and <laughs> maybe too much, yeah. you know, yeah. just, uh, I, I really, I like Jinx's approach, which is just kind of staying back and silent about it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Jada was talking way too much, which Jada does. <laughs> Jada talks a lot and she probably should have, um, uh, settled down. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> no, I love that when she said that, I mean, that was just, that was so hilarious to me. So I'm glad that, um, no one was buying that because if somebody did buy that, I would be like, what is wrong? <laughs> what is wrong here? So yeah. not adding up. Um, yeah. Now, finally, Raja, um, I mean, you know, everybody has been living for this Raja Violet Gottmik narrative. We got to get an update on this. You said in our interview <laughs> a few weeks ago that you genuinely loved the reaction to it and you seemed to be having fun with it. And then there was this video. It looks like it was taken at like a club or performance at the end of June where you're sort of talking about it again. And you seem to be reading them in that good, loving way that we know Auntie Raja does. But I've noticed <laughs> that new fashion photo reviews aren't on YouTube anymore. Are you logging in and deleting them from the YouTube account? Wait, what? It's not on YouTube anymore? The new episodes. I don't. I haven't seen a new episode go up on YouTube in a long time. So I'm just wondering like, if you're deleting them. If, are you logging in and just deleting no, the old Joey, episodes? No, this, this Joey, is, this is how unaware I am. I didn't even know because I don't watch them. I cannot. I don't, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to sit there and you know, I just I, I watched the first episode of it and 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 I saw them boot me and I was like, OK, I see the direction that this is going, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, OK, I'm just not going to watch this. I'll watch this later when things simmer down a little bit. But, um, you know, I work for the audience always. Mm-hmm. I love an audience and to bring up the, the controversy of them booting me on things was just lighthearted fun yes you know mm-hmm. i really don't care like like i said i didn't even know that it's not on youtube anymore that that's shocking mm-hmm. to me well really have you so what do you have to do you have to watch it on whoppers i think plus. it's on, I, mean, I think it, i think it's probably just on whoppers plus yeah i just it, the new episodes i think are just going to whoppers plus um oh i see yeah but have, i don't even know <laughs> have you had any like recent discussions with violet or Gottmik about all of this like are they having as much fun with it as you are no bitch i'm booked and blessed i have no time <laughs> to talk to them i you know i'm enjoying the process i'm i focus mostly on the positives of all of this uh this is the last time i'm ever going to be on rupaul's drag race ever in my life so i'm just focused on the positive and um no i haven't had a conversation with them at all yeah i've just i've just been surrounding myself with with uh with other things you yeah. know i there, there, there's so much and i just uh no, they're they're busy. They're they're booked and blessed as well. I've been watching them. I follow both of them on Instagram, obviously, and they're touring and they're doing things together. So I, I'm, you know, I'm a bit who minds my own business. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't had a conversation recently. So well, no, I have to go back to something that you said. Was that a declaration or like a prophecy that you'll never be on Drag Race ever again? We cannot go if, if they, you know all winners <laughs> 2057. I want Miss Raja on that season. <laughs> Uh, right now at this point, I'm saying it's a declaration. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It is so, it's such a hard thing to do. Yeah. And you know, I, I live a life of leisure and I, and I hate being inconvenienced and it's (laughs) so hard to do drag race. It is stressful, you know, but I, I can't see myself doing that. Um, ever again right now and I'm saying that you know yeah. today yeah but of course you never know you never know you know I might get a call from Randy and Fenton of World of Wonder and they might be like hey we're gonna do another one and then you know who never you never know I might change my mind but right now today 
I would say it's not it's not a possibility yeah. at all. <laughs> Today, Raja is tired, and it is, so, I mean, so well-deserved, a, a rest and relaxation. You've been working so hard. Now, what can well, you... T- well, also, well, also, you know, just, just leave something on a, on a good high note, you yeah. know? When, when mm-hmm. you're already at the top of something and, and, and you're thriving, maybe just leave it, at, leave it there and, 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 and go on with other projects and see what happens there, you know? It's a journey. So right now, again, today, I would say no. Yeah. Well, what then we'll leave on the note of for this season, I know we can't spoil anything, but just like some mood words about like what's coming ahead, because it seems like there's something brewing, but I cannot tell just yet. So what are people in store for in these next few episodes? Well, the game thickens like a like a savory gravy. It's uh, it's there's so little time and everyone is really vying for one position. So if you can imagine that and it will thicken and it does get more exciting there are things coming up that even shocked me um on the abilities of my of my co-competitors um and things that people really just started to pull out uh you know on the last on the very last second of all of this and um i think that viewers fans will really enjoy and be very impressed with you know on the skills that we have as people who have once upon a time won RuPaul's Drag Race, the skills, our interests, our our talents, our, uh, you know, I think it's just everyone's just throwing it all in. Everyone's just going for it, going for it. And I can say that in the next few episodes that remain, that um, that it does, it does get juicier, thicker, uh, fun, sexy. Yeah, all, all the above. I love that. Everything a good savory gravy should be juicy and sexy. <laughs> Meaty. <laughs> chunky. Yes. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raja, thank you so much for joining me today. You are always so lovely to speak with. I love everything that is coming your way on this season. I love seeing everybody celebrating you each week. It is just, it's it's so great to see you sustain like this. So, everybody- oh, Thank you so much, Joey. I really appreciate it. I feel like I've spoken to you more than most people in my, in my like, <laughs> circle uh so yeah it's really nice to talk to you too thank you for for inviting me to this today of course i will never turn down an opportunity to speak with miss raja so thank you (laughs) so much again um everybody please keep up with raja on all socials and all star seven continues streaming friday on paramount plus and we will be back here on ew's twitter spaces at 3 p.m eastern 12 p.m pacific next tuesday with another special guest for a new recap raja again thank you so much and have a good day thanks joey talk to you soon Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening. To keep the conversation going, follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. And tag me at Joey Nolfi. If you like what you heard, subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave us a stunning review. This episode of Quick Drag is produced by Sammy Junio, Lauren Klein, Chanel Johnson, and Jillian Cedarholm, and was edited by Lauren Klein. Full episode reports are available at EW.com.